Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome all of you, particularly those brave, you brave souls, that uh, came in, in these conditions. Here at the village, it's windy, blustery, rainy. As much as we are feeling blessed by the moisture, um, I guess it's even excessive in nature. I know that Dwapara Yuga is very excessive with lots of issues. <laughs> On an individual level, it seems like nature is having its own time as well. I'd like to welcome all of you also tuning in online and those that are here for the Kriya Initiation Weekend uh, here at the Expanding Light. It's been a long time since we've been able to welcome guests uh, in person. So today, oh, I'm Nayaswami Krishnadas, and this is Nayaswami Mantradevi. Again, it's our blessing to be doing this service. Today's topic is, what is the best way to pray? So I'll be reading from Rays of the, the One Light, weekly commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita by Swami Kriyananda. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Jesus Christ and Sri Krishna both advised praying to God as personal. Yet both emphasized also that God is above form and that he must be sought ultimately in infinity. As Jesus put it, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yet he spoke of God constantly as our heavenly father. In what is known as the Lord's Prayer, he proposed a very human prayer to the heavenly father asking fulfillment for all our spiritual needs. The Bhagavad Gita explains that man, living as he does in a human body, finds it difficult to worship infinity, as though the ego and body didn't even exist. Far better for human beings, Krishna says, to work with reality as we know it, than to affirm a reality of which the human mind is incapable of forming any clear notion. <clears throat> Encouraging the devotee in this direction, he says, O Arjuna, be thou a yogi. That is to say, be one who works with, not in rejection, of the energies of the body and the natural tendencies of the mind. In the 12th chapter of the Gita, Arjuna asks, those who ever steadfast worship thee as devotees, that is to say, in an I and thou relationship, and those who contemplate thee as the immortal, unmanifested spirit, which group is the better versed in yoga? The blessed Lord replied, those who, fixing their minds on me, adore me, ever united to me through supreme devotion, are in my eyes the perfect knowers of yoga. Those whose strict aim 
is union with the unmanifested, choose a more difficult way. Arduous for embodied beings is the path of dedication to the absolute. The followers, that is to say, of the path of jnana yoga. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om. 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 So good morning again. And it's wonderful to be here in our temple together. And um, also to know that all of you that couldn't make it to the temple, and either from distance or you can't make it this morning, that you're here with us online. So this morning's a really good subject, the best way to pray. And I'm going to start with the whispers from eternity. A million salutations at thy petaled feet, O lotus of light. A million salutations at thy petaled feet. I pour out my heart's love before thee. I pour out my whole being. I offer all the fragrant musk of my soul at thy feet of omnipresence. O precious blessed one, pipe the song of thy bliss in the dark bower of my heart. I am thy very own, ever shall I be thy own. I will laugh at all dangers, for thy protecting love fills the golden chalice of my constant remembrance of thee. I cast every earthly passion and pleasure into thy sacrificial fire as an oblation of my devotion to thee. In thy blessed light, I will illuminate all shadows and expose as illusory my imaginary fears. In thy radiant light, I will remain awake forever, entranced by thy thrilling, omnipresent bliss smile through all eternity. May thy love shine forever on the sanctuary of my devotion, and may I be able to awaken thy love in all hearts. O oh, make my soul thy temple. Make my heart thine altar, and make my love thy home. I'm going to start with a little tale of, of someone who had a great solution with prayer. Um, it's a little funny tale that a man told of him going with a coworker to give a sales representation to uh, a group of, in a church, a committee. And it was a rural church in a Baptist church. And they gave their presentation. And then the chairman got up, and he went over to the altar. And he knelt down, and he prayed for a few minutes. And then he came back, and he said very solemnly, God has told us we should wait. And so this man's coworker, his answer, he got up, he went over to the altar. And he knelt down for a few minutes. And then he came back and he said, he wants to talk to you again. <laughs> so 
wouldn't it be nice if it was that easy to talk to God? You just go over, you kneel down, and God gives you the answer. And unfortunately, how hard is it so often to figure out, well, what's the right prayer? What's, what, is this a good prayer for me to be praying? Is it good for me? Um, do I have attachment? Do I have desire? What, what all is, you know, what's the answer, God? And Jesus told us in the first commandment, he said the best way to pray, pray to God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And then Swami poetically paraphrased that and put it in the festival of light. And so, and that's at the time when the little bird realized finally that the only way that he could be happy would be if he loved God, that that was the only way to be happy. And it took him a long time to figure that out, right? Eons, as Swami says. And so I'm going to talk about that phrase because it addresses all facets of our being. And, but I'm going to do it in reverse order because that, first of all, strength. A prayer needs to have the strength behind it, it needs sincerity, it needs strength. And um, it has to be real. It can't just be, oh, God, please give me this. Well, we all know, we've all said prayers, we've all had prayers that worked and we've all had prayers that didn't work. And the little bird in the festival, he finally comes to that time when he finally cries out, how can I find you, God? And God immediately responded, immediately. You know, one time I was painting, it wasn't going very well. I was, I was putting something here, and no, 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 putting something there, no, that didn't work. Putting something here, and, and it just, just <clears throat> was not working. And finally, and I just, it just burst out of me. I just said, oh, for heaven's sakes, I need some help. Master, please help me. Divine Mother, please help me. Well, it was amazing. All of a sudden, it was like my hand was painting on its own. It put something there, it was right. Put something there, it was right. Each stroke was just right. And so it was one of those rare times, you know, where a prayer bursts out and God answers. And so it had sincerity and strength. And the next thing is our soul, tuning into our soul, and tuning into our soul in like an expanded way than we tune into ourselves. I want to read something that Swami Kriyananda wrote in um, The New Path. And this is the first sentence in the second chapter. And he said, joy has always been my first love. I have longed to share it with others. That was his life. My clearest early memories all relate to a special kind of happiness, one that seemed to have little to do with the things around me, and that at best was only reflected in them. A lingering impression is one of wonder to be in this world at all. What was I doing here? Intuitively, I felt that there must be some higher reality, another world, perhaps, radiant, beautiful, harmonious, in relation to which this earthly plane represented mere exile. 
Beautiful sounds and colors thrilled me, almost to ecstasy. Sometimes I would cover a table down to the floor with a colorful American Indian blanket, then crawl into, inside and fairly drink in the luminous colors. At other times, gazing into the prism formed by the broad edge of a mirror on my mother's dressing table, I would imagine myself living in a world of rainbow-colored light. Often also at night, I would see myself absorbed in a radiant inner light, and my consciousness would expand beyond the limits of my body. And so that was Swami's experience early in life. But by the time he was about nine years old, he started to realize he was different than other people. And so he started to resist that expansion at night and started to try. The ego came in saying, you need to be the same. You need to be like other people. And um, so that was his essence, though, until he started to see that come out again when it could. As an adult, it came out. And he could freely express that and share that with people. But um, I read a book about this man who died. And he tells about his experience after uh, his death in the other realm. And a couple of things that stuck in my mind from this. And one was, he said, when you're in a body, you feel joy inside. But when you don't have the body anymore, you drop the body, then you are inside the joy. That there you are, inside the joy. That I'm the bubble, make me the sea. That that is just where you exist in that. And the, the other thing that struck me is he said, there are no good or bad in that realm. But everything, the focus, is on how much light one has. That's it. And Swami tuned into this when he was just a teenager. He realized, and he talks about this with, he said, with any art work, you can tell how great an art piece is by how much light it has. And he said, Homer's Iliad, he said, was just had a blazing light, white light. You know, Shakespeare um, and other, Dante, Milton, he said, had, had bright lights, whereas other ones did not have such a bright light. And so he, he that's how he um, related to everything. You know, isn't that so different? That, and I remember how Swami would love bright colors. When we used to wear beautiful colors, um, he encouraged everyone to. And so that, that is a real um, way to change our thinking, okay? Tuning into our soul qualities rather than just our ego qualities and the qualities of this world. And then we come to the mind, okay? The mind, as Jyotish said last week in Sunday service, he said, well, most of the time, we just have tapes running in our minds, and that's what we're listening to, and that's what we're tuning into, right? And I was thinking how our minds are like computers, or, well, actually, computers are like our minds, because for man to create anything, he has to have an example of something, right? 
And so those who created computers actually are copying our minds and how our minds think. So think about your computer mind and uh, what programs are you running? And do you need to maybe put in a different program, maybe a new operating system? Or maybe you need to run an antivirus program. You know, those nasty little viruses that get in there and they like fear, anxiety, judgmentalness, um, loneliness, comparing yourself to others, all these little viruses there in our mind, and they need to be cleaned up. They need to be cleaned up because they have to be totally gone at some point. We, there, there is at some point no room for even a little bit of that to exist in our mind. I had a dream a couple months ago, and I, I woke up about one in the morning, and just on the edge of my memory, it was barely there, was the memory of this dream, and Master was in my dream, and he was working with me. And in the dream, he said to me, are you able to love God completely in this area? And then he said, are you able to love God completely in this area? And he went through all these different areas. There were a lot of them and asked me that question. Now, I don't know what the areas are, because maybe, and maybe he was working with me on a very subtle, subtle level that I could barely consciously grasp, but that he woke me up so that I could uh, just remember the gist of it. And then, now I need to figure it out myself. But every single area, it made me realize, every single area of my life needs to be uh, harmonized, it needs to be pure, it needs to be totally including God in it. Am I able to love God completely in this area? And so we, we can't get to self-realization until we go through all those areas. So this brings us to the heart, and the heart is the most, most important is that heart. You know, blessed be the pure of heart, for they shall see God. And what does that mean? What does it really mean? Master said that it means that to be pure of heart means you only have the desire for God. That's all. You only have the desire for God. And so when you think of that, you think, okay, we're just getting, as we get closer and closer and closer, then we realize that we have to really apply what we're learning. We have to apply this in our life so, so importantly. And there's, how do you get that way? You know, how do we get back to that? We get back to being the trusting child, to being that which just has our trust in God, uh, there's a story of a little boy, and his brother had leukemia. And so his, he and his brother both had the same blood type. And so his parents asked him, would you be willing to give some of your blood to your brother so that your brother can live? 
And the little boy said yes, he was willing to do that. So things were set up, and they were, you know, made the appointment, and it was all going to happen. And they're on the table, the beds, two beds, the boys are, and hooked up to all the equipment that they're going to give a blood transfusion to the boy with leukemia. And the little boy who was giving his brother his blood, he was laying there, he was very calm, and then he said, will it take very long before I die? And you just think, oh my God, you know, here's this little boy. Who knows for, I mean, they know, but I don't know how long he, it was between when they asked him to give up his blood to when it was happening. And yet he was willing the whole time. Isn't that beautiful? You know, that, that he was willing to give up his life. And I can imagine the agonizing feeling that the parents had, you know, that, that he could think that. But that's what we need to have, that willingness to give up everything. That if this is what you ask me, God, I'll do it. No problem. Help me to have the right prayer to know what to do. And that's all we can do, is we can clean up all the areas and, and have um, the right attitude, and that will attract the right prayer, and also will bring our energy up. This is what we need to do, right? Is keep bringing our energy up to a place where, yes, we can talk to God. And um, I just wanted to say a word or two about our good friend Purushottama, speaking of great souls. Because uh, two and a half weeks ago, Krishnadas and Puru were in a very serious car accident. And as you can see, Krishnadas is fine. His ankle and his shoulder are still bothering him. But Puru had a very, um, an injury to his neck, cracked his sternum, one of his ribs. And um, so they were at the accident, and this wonderful couple stopped and were helping them. And they put Puru on the stretcher to airlift him to Sacramento. And here he is. I mean, he must have been in great pain and with the very real possibility that he had a very, very serious neck injury. Maybe he broke his neck. And so he's laying there, and Krishnas walked over to the stretcher, and Puru looked up, and he winked. Now, what does that say? You know, here he was thinking about his friend and thinking, you know, that he didn't, that he was okay inside, he was telling him. And he was. And, and Lakshmi said, um, the whole time in the hospital, Puru was very uh, even-minded, just like our affirmation said, even-minded, and he was, um, cheerful and accepting of everything, everything that happened. And you know, the power of prayer is amazing because the day after the accident, we were getting calls and messages from our friends in India, in Italy, in um, all of our colonies. It was like, you know, word spread like wildfire. And everybody was praying. And the doctors were very, very surprised when Puru 
with the help of Walker, walked out of the hospital on Friday. He's at home now. So just, just seeing the power of the prayer and the power of living these teachings for so long. But I have to tell you something a little funny. As um, Krishnalas decided to talk with a lawyer on the advice of some friends, and somebody recommended this company. So he was called them up, and he was talking to a paralegal. And that's kind of the first step, you know, talk to the paralegal, who was really on the ball and seemed to know what he was doing and everything. And the um, and Krishnadas was saying, now, we want everything to be right. You know, we want everything, you know, our biggest need is that poor's needs are taken care of. But we want to do everything with uh, the right attitude, basically. And one of our maxims at Ananda is, where there is dharma, there is victory. And you can paraphrase that, where there is right action, there is victory. Or where there is truth, there is victory. So he's talking to this young man, and he said to the young man, he said, well, where there is truth, there is victory. There was a little silence. And then the young man said, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> you know, what, what can you do? You know, we are so blessed that we have these teachings that we can live deeply, and that most of the world doesn't. Most of the world doesn't. But um, when Master was in India, Hare Krishna was 15 then, his nephew. And, one, and this is a little bit of, because in the reading it talks about how um, God is personal and impersonal. And how do we talk to God, personally, impersonally? And there was Master, he had many satsangs in the house in Calcutta when he was there, and there were people over all the time. And Hare Krishna used to sit right beside him whenever he was giving satsang. And um, one time there was satsang happening, and uh, Master became very quiet. And so somebody asked him and said, why are you so quiet? And Master said, oh, I was talking to God. And Hare Krishna, he said, oh, I moved over and I put my body very tightly against Master's because here he was talking to God and we couldn't see it. And he said, how can a man just be talking to God like that? You know, how could that be, be happening? You know, it's like Master was just so in tune. Master was God. Master was God manifest. And here he was talking to God at, the, at any time. Another time that same year, they went on a pilgrimage to right where the Ganges meets the Bay of Bengal, and there's a, a festival every year. And so they were on a boat with many, many pilgrims. And they were at a place in the river where it was very, very wide, about five or six miles across, and you couldn't see either shore. And the boat started sinking. And so everyone got very afraid. And, and, and they knew there was a holy man on the boat. So they all went running to him and, and saying, help us, help us, help us, the boat is sinking. And Master said, he said, don't, don't get so excited. Don't be running around the deck in fear or like this. Sit down. Sit down. It will be all right. And pray to God. Pray to God. So everybody sat down. 
And they prayed to God, and in about 15 minutes, the boat started to come up again. And so they all went running to Master again and said, you saved us, you saved us, thank you, thank you. And Master said, no, you prayed to God. That's what saved you, is you prayed to God. And so, see, it takes God's grace and it takes our prayer. It takes both. Nandemoy St. Maas likened it. He said, God's grace is everywhere around us. And she likened it to a well with a bucket. And she said, the water in the well is God's grace. The bucket is what brings it up to you. But the rope is what holds you fast. The rope is your remembrance of God every single moment every single moment. And so Master said, pray with ecstasy, meditate with ecstasy. He, he, he I, I, um, wrote it down because he said, when you pray to God, pray from your heart. Say what you really feel, not what you think he wants you to say or feel. Be completely sincere with him. He knows anyway what you're thinking, but heartfelt prayer tends, lends power to your strength of thought. It focuses them and centers them in him. Without sincerity, that focus will be lacking. If you feel no devotion, then pray to him. Lord, help me to love you. If your heart is restless with desires, pray to him. Lord, I have these desires, but I want you more than anything else. Help me to dissolve every limitation to your great ocean of peace. And that line, I want you more than anything else, somebody once asked Swami, well, when I say, um, Lord, I want you more than anything else, I can't really say that because I'm not sure if that's true. And he said, well, then pray, Lord, I want to want you more than anything else. And then pray with ecstasy, meditate with ecstasy. And whenever you have a free moment, think of God. Let's just end with a little visualization because Master said that you can feel joy at will. And so why don't we just sit here and feel joy at will for a while, a few minutes. Uh, start by closing your eyes and focus at the spiritual eye. And then with your breath, as you breathe, just breathe in joy. Use your will, your willingness, not your willpower, just your willingness to let that joy come up your spine. And as it comes up your spine, focus at the spiritual eye. And then as you breathe out, breathe that joy out deeper into your spine. And so as you breathe in, breathe joy. Breathe out joy, deeper in your spine. Breathe in joy. Breathe out joy. If you don't feel the joy, imagine you do. And after a while you will. Breathe in joy, breathe out joy. And as you breathe in that joy, 
Feel your specific spiritual gravity rising, rising on that balloon of joy. You are joy. Your very essence is joy. And Master said that joy will bring acceptance. And so that, my friends, is the best way to pray. God bless you. Whether
life, disease, and death, you play the dancer, yet keep calling him.